This is episode number five. Hey there. Yeah, five episodes, five deep. We're doing this thing. We're moving along. Thanks for listening again. And uh, you'll notice the intro is a little bit different because I'm trying to switch things up, bring you fresh content. You know, because if you've listened from episode one, you know, you've heard the ads in the beginning. You've heard the message to my mom. So you may be, uh, you know, you've, you may have become accustomed to skipping through that. And I don't blame you. Skip that shit, of course. I don't blame you one bit. I do the same thing. These are, these are things you know, so why not start the show a little bit differently? You know all these things already, you know? You already know that if you're a comedian or actor looking for headshots in the Toronto area, you know that Echo One Photography does that. So why, why would I play the same ad over and over? You already know that if you live in Toronto and own a business and would like some product photography done for e-commerce or advertising purposes, Echo One Photography will do that for you. You know that. Why am I telling you? Why should I play the same ad? You know that already. You know to contact Eugene at echo1photography.com. That's E-U-G-E-N-E at echo1photography.com for all of your photographic needs. Yeah, you do. You know that shit. So why, why would I play the same ad? That's my question. Quick message to my mom. Message to my mom. Message to my mom. Mom, once again, we're five episodes deep, and uh, just just please don't listen to this. I beg you, turn it off. I love you. Turn it off. Please, I'm asking you, don't listen, Mom. You are the best. I'd just rather you, you listen to something maybe more tasteful. All right, now, play me in. Right. Yeah. I love that song. Welcome, everybody. Episode number five, numero cinco, numero cinq. That's three languages in one podcast. Are you kidding me? International. International. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being here with me once again. I'm not, this time, I'm not coming to you from Lemon Press Studios. I'm, in, I'm coming to you from the road. I'm in Wakefield, Quebec, which is about 25 minutes north of Ottawa. Beautiful little Wakefield. It's amazing. I'm here for the weekend, and I brought my uh, gear. Part of it. Not the whole thing. Just enough for you to hear this. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. 
Uh, welcome, Friday, October 3rd. We're five deep. We're doing this. Thanks for not skipping through the intro if you made it that far. Switching it up for you this morning. And thanks for listening again. Cannot thank you enough for the downloads. And some people have commented and rated on iTunes. Keep doing that. That really boosts the ratings. Got to get up there. So go to iTunes. Subscribe. Comment and rate. Again, only if it's positive. I don't need that negative shit. Fragile. Keep it to yourself. Well, whatever. Also, email the show. I've had some emails come through. Pod, P-O-D, at jdcomedyhour.com. Listeners from all over the place. Texas, Ohio, California, Washington State, all over Canada, overseas, the UK. Anyway, I got a couple of emails, so I'll read those to you in a minute. How you doing? You good? I idiot. What are you doing right now? You're probably driving. Most of you are driving. I'm going to guess. Or you're sitting at your office with some headphones, earbuds. Or I said gym previous episodes, but if you're working out to this, you need to figure something out because I don't know how this would motivate you on the treadmill to to get to the next, to, to amp it up. I can't. I have to listen to like music. Little insight into my world. So you might be. Uh, maybe you're cleaning your house. Clean away. You missed a spot. Maybe you're. Maybe you've just masturbated. Maybe you were just on ujiz.com, and you uh, you're like, all right, now I'll listen to a podcast. Now that I'm. My mind is clear. You're gross if that's the case. Give it more time before listening to me. Give There's got to be more of a buffer than immediately after if that's the case. Don't be so gross. Maybe have a shower. Yeah, have a shower. Before you're going to listen to this, if you've jerked off in the last half hour, have a shower first, okay? That's all I ask. Or maybe rate the the podcast before jerking off. So you're feeling a little... I don't know where I'm going with this. All right. Welcome back. I am uh, in Wakefield, Quebec for the weekend. I'm... uh, uh, This is my birthday weekend, y'all. Y'alls. It's my birthday tomorrow, October 4th. Be 31 years of age. Weird, right? 31? I know. I don't feel 31. I feel like I'm 17 one. Or maybe more like 21. I, I, I don't know. Because when you're 30, in your 30s, you're like supposed to be, you're a grown-ass adult at this point. It's like you get shit done. And I feel pretty good about being my in my 30s. When I turned 30 last year, I felt like this would be a good decade. I'm going to get... I feel like I'm going to put out some of my best work and I'm sober. Which again, sounds like I had a problem. I'm just clean living now. And uh, that feels pretty good. Even though in this episode got a little bit high with my guest. Brian Hatt was my guest and uh, he smoked a pipe load in Lemon Press Studios. And I got to admit, I got a little contact high. And I loved it because that's guilt-free. I'm not smoking it. I'm just... 
It just happened. I was, it was forced upon me, sort of. I asked him to blow it in my face. Blow that shit in my face. You can hear it. You'll hear it. First ever time you hear uh, someone smoking on the podcast. Anyway, you'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Obvi. Obs. Obs magobs. What am I saying? What am I doing? Anyway, when I turned 30, I felt, uh, you know, all right, let's get shit done. Let's be responsible. Because when you're 29, you're still in your 20s. That's the thing. You're still, I was banking on that shit. Uh, you know, I'll figure it out. I'm 29. I'm barely out of college. I'm still in my 20s. I was 19 not that long ago, right? In my 20s. Look at me. Because think of the arc that you go through in your 20s. Think of the big difference between 21 and 29 or 20 and 29. It's a huge gap. You're a child at 20. And 29, well, you should sort of have your shit together because you're about to hit the 30s. And then I turned 30. I felt good. Feel still do, obviously. It's still, I mean, it's young. It's young. It just adds an element of guilt to things that you like to do, which is Partly why I quit smoking weed, for example, as one of the things. Because I smoked it a lot. And I have friends that are contributing to society that have mortgages and shit. Just didn't feel right to start my day and smoke a joint. Be terrified of everything by 10 a.m. and just call it a day, you know? It's 10.36 a.m. I'm a grown man. I'm scared. Let's do this. So I quit all that. And I feel like I want my 30s to be the year... Or the year, I mean, obviously it's got to happen. I want this to be the year. At 31, I want this to be the year where I make a major purchase in my life, you know? Like a, like a home, maybe a condo, something. Because it's got to happen. My friend called me the other day and he complained about his driveway. And I realized, holy shit, he owns a driveway. I don't have a driveway. I have a sidewalk, and it's not even mine. I have to share it with Toronto. It's just, it's gross. He owns his driveway. If anything happens to his driveway, he needs to fix it. No one else is going to do it for him. He's got to seal that shit. I want one of those. I do. I want a driveway. But anyway, 30, 31 tomorrow. Feel good about it. Uh, to me, it's bizarre when people turn 30 and they're like, I'm so old. This is over. You're th- you've got like potentially another 170 years to go. People live to 200, right? But yeah, it's, I mean, really, it's still really young. Are you scared of the Ebola? Are you feeling that? I'm freaked out. I don't know if I should be, if it's legit. I don't know if it's just, you know, because uh, it's it's happening. It's now in the States, our neighbors to the south. It's now, there's some confirmed cases. It freaks me the fuck out. Like some people, you know, part of me thinks that it's just uh, fear mongering. The news and the media and the, the, you know, government. Some reason, there's a little part of me that thinks that that's part of it. And the other part of me thinks we're all dead. Which I kind of, there's another part of me that kind of wants there to be an Ebola outbreak so I can just call it quits on everything and retreat to a small cabin in the woods. It just sounds so relaxing. For me, there's a a part of like disaster or apocalyptic times 
that for me is soothing. Because it's a legit reason to pack it all in. Yeah, I'll be in the woods. What? Because if you do that now, if you pack it all in now, people will talk, oh yeah, he quit everything. Uh, He had a comedy career going, a podcast and everything. He just quit. You're a quitter. But if there's some serious shit happening, World War III maybe, the Ebola virus has gone rampant. If you go to the woods and retreat into a nice little cabin by a river, yeah, that's just what you do. Yeah, he went to a river. That guy's probably going to live for another 170 years. People live to 200, right? So there's three parts of my brain. One part thinks it's all propaganda. The second part thinks we're all fucked. The third part thinks, well, let's go to the woods. Let's chop some wood and make some fire, live off the land. I could do that. I would love to do that. But I'm scared because these things have come and gone in the past, these pandemics. The H1N1 was the, I think, the most recent one. Was that the swine one? I can't remember. All I remember is that there were vaccines going around and some people were for the vaccines and some were saying, don't get the vaccine. I got the vaccine. Which I think means the government now controls me. Based on some websites that I've seen online. But I got the vaccine, but nothing ever came of it. But it was people thought we were all dead at that point. So is this just another... H1N1 case? I mean, I know people are actually dying a lot in Africa, but they say you need to really handle uh, an Ebola. A person that's affected with Ebola, you really need to handle their vomit or their feces or their saliva. Wow, this is riveting comedy podcast talk. But anyway, so obviously in Africa and some some places, that's more, you know, it's not as uh, clean as the Western world, so maybe there's more of that. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that part of me's scared. Will you come visit me in the woods? You better not have a vo- Ebola if you do, because I'm going to be very strict as to who comes. And vi- oh God, I really that would be the best. Just fucking close Facebook, close down all the accounts, the online. Stop looking at screens and just go in the woods. Man, that sounds amazing to me. So I'm paranoid, I guess. People will start have to uh, will have to start reconsidering how they greet people. Now everyone's gonna fist bump. Everyone's gonna be like Howie Mandel and fist bump because they're all scared of Ebola. Which, by the way, I this is one thing that I'm not good at are the greetings. I never know what is what. Do you fist bump? Do you handshake? Do you do the wrap around the thumb? sort of hip handshake where you go in for the classic and after one pump you convert to the wrapper on the thumb and then you clasp your fingers to the other person's and then you snap it back and then you finish with a fist-to-fist bump and then you explode it. I don't know what to do anymore. It's like, I want to bring the classic handshake back. back. When you see someone, you just firm handshake, pump, pump, and at the most... The most variation you can see on that one is maybe a hand on the other person's elbow or a hand, a comforting hand above their hand. Once you shake, you know what I mean? You shake their hand and then you put your hand above like some sort of sign of dominance, I guess. But those are the two variations in the classic. We should bring that back. Fuck all this weird handshakey stuff. And with women, the, the what do you do with women? It's, 
one kiss on the cheek, do double kiss, just a hug. Uh, so awkward. I was doing this single kiss for a while, and then I realized, oh, people, it took me a long time to realize you don't actually kiss, you're just making the sound, but into the air. But I was actually kissing people's, like, I was going in and right for the, right for the kiss on the cheek. I've kissed so many people's eardrums. Awkward. Like right in there, like, uh, mwah, 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 yeah, hot breath. Hey, this is my hot breath in your ears. We just met. <sighs> Awkward. I don't know. Can we can we start a poll online or, or, or make agree to one thing that we all do? And how soon do you hug someone? Like, I, I, it seems now hugging is really popular. I don't know if it's just the people, that, the company that I keep, but it's like you meet someone, have conversation with them, like a friend of a friend, and it's like. You hit it up, and then you leave, and it's a hug. Really? We're hugging? We're, okay. Here's a kiss in your eardrum. I don't know what to do. So I propose that we start, for guys, we go to the classic handshake, two pumps. At most, you put your hand on their elbow. Hi, I'm warm. Or you put your hand atop their hand. Middle of handshake. Hi, I'm dominating you. And for women, we just uh, hot makeout session. No, I don't know. You just uh, uh, a handshake or a hug, I guess. I don't know. Them is kissing on each side, and I don't know what to do. This is, these are the things I deal with. I've sh- I think I should move to a cabin in the woods, where the greeting there is is. Um, when you greet someone in the woods, it's usually with a with an axe over your shoulder. So there's usually some distance there. It's like, welcome to my cabin. Want to chop some wood? All right, let's do some emails. Hello. You have 6,056 new messages. Aren't you fucking popular? Oh, they are all from stalkers. All right, we've got your emails here. Again, you can email the show at pod, P-O-D, at jdcomedyhour.com. And I do want to hear from you, so send away, send away. Okay, first email we've got here. Francis from Moncton, New Brunswick, my hometown-ish area. I'm from Skidook, so Moncton. That's my hometown, sure. Uh, Hey, Julian, I love the podcast, especially the interviews. Keep it up. Francis. Well, that's nice. That's a nice one. That's pleasant. Kind of a little backhanded because it's. I love the podcast, especially the interviews. What's What's this part? What about this? What about the monologue? What about the segments, Francis? I need more from you. Please email back. I need. I need you to tell me what you think of all parts of the podcast. <laughs> all right. Okay, another email. Matt, uh, this one just in New Brunswick. It doesn't say where, so my home province. A lot of home love. Julian, I listened to the podcast on my way to work. Love the segments. Can you post earlier? All right, 
here I get some segment love. What about the interviews? You think those are easy? I have to prepare for those. No, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm kidding. But can you post earlier? I guess I should. The, I usually post at midnight. So this is Friday. It would have been up at midnight. But it's already, it's, uh, this one's going up midday. Because I've been traveling and whatnot. But you're right, Matt. I should post earlier and I will. From now on, every Tuesday and Friday, it'll go up at midnight that day. Julie. Ah, Julia in Toronto. I've listened to all of your podcasts. I like it. Please bring more Baby Jeffrey phone calls. You like my 10th grade reading level I'm exposing to you. Um, yeah, we will bring more Baby Jeffrey phone calls, Julia. Thanks for asking. I, we've got to record some more. We have a few in the in the bag, but some of them are either too long or not quite, not quite there enough for for radio. As far as entertainment value goes, but I came to Wakefield uh, this weekend for two reasons. One's my birthday, and my parents are going to be in town visiting some. My dad was in the Air Force, and he's got some sort of service corps reunion. Anyway, and two, uh, baby Jeffrey lives. In Ottawa, in Wakefield specifically, so we're going to bang some of those out. So look for those in uh, the coming episodes. All right, Kevin in Austin, Texas. By the way, I like that they give give me where I like that. Give me where you're listening from, because that's uh, you're all right. Uh, I've tried, Julian. I've tried not to fall asleep, but I did, Kevin. All right. I guess um, he fell asleep during my podcast. Hope you weren't driving. Hope you're still with us. And this is the beauty of podcasting. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. But I do appreciate you, Kevin, in Austin, Texas, my Texites, Texans. I want to hear from you. All right. Let's go to my guest today. I hung out with a good, good friend of mine, fellow comedian. Very funny and talented gentleman, Brian Hatt. He's uh, he's a staple here in Toronto, in the Toronto comedy scene. He's been doing comedy for a while, and we had a fun talk. Talked about his uh, starting days about 15 years ago in comedy in Toronto, uh, the comedy scene then versus now, what's changed, and he smoked a little pot on the podcast, the podcast, which uh, is a first you lit it up right in Lemon Press Studios. Had a little pipe. I encouraged him to do it. Brian's a guy that we I would smoke with a lot before. And I also encouraged him to uh, maybe blow some of that in my direction. I didn't actively smoke, but I did get contact high, I'll, I'll admit. So we had a great chat and we had a fun segment with uh, Jen Grant, who also I think got contact high. <laughs> They do a great rendition of When a Man Loves a Woman for as part of uh, Are You Mariah or Yoko segment. So enjoy my chat with Brian. Oh, but before I do, let me just say quickly, if you're in the Toronto area, come to Say What next Wednesday, October 8th. It's my birthday show. Garage Baby's there. Ron Jossel's on the show. Christine Von Hagen's in town from Las Vegas. She's on the show. It's going to be great, great fun. So... Yeah, if you're in Toronto or area, even if you're not in Toronto, fly in for that shit. It's going to be a good night. 
great comics, great comedy, and uh, we'll be celebrating my my B day. So come on by Wednesday, October eighth, nine p.m. at Say What, sixty seven Front Street East, downtown Tirana. Anyway, now now enjoy my chat with Brian. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion, comedy I did. I lost the weight. I got on that uh, that fancy new diet. Maybe you've heard of it, the one with the uh, low-carb, low-fat, low-protein. It's the one that's called Living Below the Poverty Line. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Do we have anybody here uh, from Scarborough tonight? Just go ahead and shoot that gun in the air. Yeah, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Bloop, 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 bloop. Right? If my gun sounds a little different, it's because it's shooting bubbles. I should probably tell you that. Right? Save her. Nobody gets hurt. Right. Maybe a little soap in the eye. Whatever, wash it out. Uh, yeah, you gotta watch what you say though when you're wearing the gang colors. Um, so I apologize in advance. I apologize. I uh, I did lose the weight though. I did. Uh, I did it for the ladies. Want to look good for the ladies, right, buddy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And with that confidence, you can't miss. Uh, I, uh, this may shock you to know this, Toronto, but I'm not actually that successful with the lady folk. <laughs> Not a joke. Um, it's leading to a joke. Uh, <laughs> I blame my father, though. Uh, God bless him. He was not the best on teaching me how to deal with the ladies. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, he tried. He tried. I'll, I'll give him that much. Uh, but in doing so, he sort of went beyond that father-son barrier. Do you know what I mean? Kind of took it to a weird place, right? Still, to this day, I'm 32. I go visit my folks for dinner, right? He'll corner me in the kitchen as soon as dinner's done, as soon as mom's left, right? Try and have one of those man-to-man moments, right? I mean, man-to-man, of course. Not man-to-man, like, just... Juice looks up front here. Uh, but he'll look me dead in the eye, right, and ask me personal questions about my sex life that I don't want to answer to my 65-year-old father. You know, just... Hey, hey, hey. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. You ever had so much sex with a lady? that afterwards she's walking funny. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, pal. <laughs> Jesus, Dad. Yeah, FYI, the women I sleep with are walking funny when I meet them, okay? <laughs> I'm basically a tiger. I'm just looking for the sick and the wounded ones first. Do you know what I mean? Right? Uh, don't be laughing. I saw you limping on the way in. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, everybody, that, of course, is my guest today. He's very talented. He's talented. He's lovely. Uh, you just get lost in his eyes. What can I say about this guy? He's a very accomplished comedian. He's done a lot of things in this fine country. He's got a Comedy Now, <laughs> comedy now special on the Comedy Network. He's done the Halifax Comedy Fest. He's done a bunch of stuff. Um, Brian Hatt. Too many things to name. Too many. <laughs> too, too many things. <laughs> Done too many. Well, those are good things. Those are pretty good things. I'm not going to lie. Those I don't have pre- any articles. What you can't see is a wall full of articles about Julian Dion. I have zero. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my lair. Yeah, I feel like I'm looking at your green card application right here. It's posted <laughs> up on the wall. That's basically what it is because <laughs> and these things because they eventually uh, newspaper clippings they they the color changes after a while oh, yeah, they get yeah. like yellow and stuff. So this preserves them. And if I do need to apply for a green card or whatever, I can just make color copies of the uh, plaque mounts. That's right. I know. So Boom. what? What? I can't read that date. What is this one right here? Because you have not changed a day. You are almost exactly the same. Which one? This one here, the one Julian Dion ajoute un pincé de humor à la vie quotidienne, right? <laughs> close, close. Bilingualism. Yes. Add that to the resume. I should start your bio again. My first, my guest here today, he's uh, bilingual. Yes. <laughs> Fluent in Turkish, which you just heard. Um, how are you, buddy? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Things are going all right. Uh, yeah. We're talking about your accomplishments, Comedy Now. That was a big one. That was a good one. That was a good one. They canceled it after your episode. It literally <laughs> never aired it, and uh, they, never they canceled aired it? the show. No, yeah. Which what? I was fine. Like, I have my copy, and I got my paycheck, and I used all those jokes again in Halifax, so let's go. They never Not aired it. Not all of them. I didn't, I didn't realize Well, that. if they did, they never told me. Like, right. I had never seen it outside of my DVD copy. If you have seen Brian Hatt's Comedy Now special, please email us at pod at jdcomedyhour.com and let us know. Yeah, we somebody once know. did say every time I see it, I think of you, and I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, are you just lying to me now? Right. Or have you actually seen it? Oh, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to, because would they let you know if that came out? If, I if, thought they were supposed to, but hmm. I've never, never received notice whatsoever. Hmm. Well, and here you are at the pinnacle of your career, sitting yeah. in <laughs> yes, yeah. Lemon Press Studios. Yeah, and uh, tell us a little bit. Let's 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 go on a journey, if you will. Mm-hmm. You've been a comedian for about what, fourteen years? Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen coming close. up on fifteen. I remember when we met in Ottawa. It was I think I was like three months in, and you were six years in, or something like yes, that. Many moons. About eight ago. eight years ago. I was very funny. Uh, <laughs> what what made you get into it? Um, just, I always loved comedy ever since I was a kid. Um, I, uh, fortunately my parents were cheap and they did not pay for cable. So it gave me limited options for entertainment on television. Uh, so I watched a lot of Just for Laughs on CBC, which mm-hmm. I fell in love with. And, uh, I also, my father had a, uh, Bill Cosby album, just the only other piece of comedy in my house. And I must've listened to that thing a million times. Classic. And, uh, yeah, I just... I I feel like I got the same high listening to them get laughs that I do now actually on stage getting my own laughs, you know. Right. And I've been chasing them ever since. Do you ever find cuz you say you used to get the same high watching watching it. Do you ever find getting into stand up or being a comedian now has sort of ruined comedy in a way for you like for example, when I go to a funny movie, I you don't laugh as a comedian. You just sort of sit there and uh and, and dissect and judge. it. <laughs> judge. It sort of becomes math after a while. And I often think, like, I'll be in a movie theater and the whole place is laughing their heads off. And I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. comedy has ruined this for me because now it's I'm just watching these formulas, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think of it as ruined, but I do realize that my uh, my level has gone up. My standard of comedy has gone way up. Like, mm-hmm. I often think about that when I'm on the streetcar. And uh, like I will hear like a group of friends, and one of them is you know relating a story to the other, and it'll be you know something will get a big laugh, and you're just like, please, really? <laughs> you think that's funny? Right, that yeah. hack shit? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that hack shit. Yeah. All he did was recount the story from Friends last night's episode of Friends. Right. And that's the thing, uh, like uh, hack shit. When you start doing comedy, you're so 
I mean, you still feel that high because there's nothing off limits to what you can talk about. And then the longer you do it, that sort of gets narrowed in because, (laughs) because again, like you hack stuff that's been done before Mm -hmm. or just, you know, or you're chasing the corporate money. Yeah. Right. I watched a documentary on Johnny Carson and he said something to the effect uh, that they quoted him. And it's like, uh, I spent my whole creative life trying to get to this point where I now have to surrender my career to people in suits. (laughs) And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you have to dance. The more, yeah, right. the better you get. The more you have to, I don't know. <laughs> it it becomes less about the creative mm-hmm. creative part of it and more about uh, you know making it a, a business, which we do mm-hmm. all have to make a living at it uh, exactly. after a while. But you have a background in acting. You went to York act- University. York University yeah. in dr- drama. Uh, theater, yes. Theater. I purposely ignored programs that called their theater program drama. Right. Because, uh, like Mary J. Blige, uh, no more drama for me, please. <laughs> Do you know, I don't. Uh, it's like um, like doing, a, what do they call gym class in university? Do you know what I mean? Kinesiology. Like, I wouldn't have. I would go for kinesiology, not not gym class. Right, <laughs> right. That doesn't look good on a degree. Do you know? And who you, you were with... Um Rachel uh, Rachel McAdams was what? one of my classmates. She is uh, by far as um, uh, done the the most. Uh, and then I also have some other friends who have done pretty well themselves, like Zoe Palmer. She's on a primetime show, and Ennis Esmer turning into a big star right here in Canada. Very mm-hmm. proud of him. Part of my former comedy troupe. Boom. Uh-huh. Uh, Rachel McAdams came to your comedy now taping, did she not? Yes, she did. Yeah. Yeah. People were like freaking out. Yeah, about freaked that. out Dan Bingham behind me, who was recording after I was, right. was a little annoyed that I didn't mention that she would be there. Hilarious. But then I still see her as the small town girl, not the mega star. Right. Do you still do, uh, do you say small town? Where are you, where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in a town just outside of London, Ontario, and she grew up in a town, um, same St. Thomas. So we're like born in the same hospital, basically. Mm-hmm. That's where everybody comes to, you know, be born. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and are you still? Do you still do some acting? Uh, yeah, yeah. Whenever they're willing to give it to me, I actually have a chemistry test tomorrow for a, a fun new independent. Um, uh, Canadian movie, which I'm excited about. What do you mean a chemistry test? Oh, like uh, they like my audition. They want to oh, see how right. I do with the person that they actually have picked for the other role. I was picturing <laughs> like an actual chemistry, like name the, <laughs> the elements yeah. on the chart. And... That I would have failed miserably. <laughs> I remember bromium because uh, if you smell it, it will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that always fascinating. Californium, Einsteinium, just the weird ones. Right. Uh, so, and um, so back to the back to the beginnings. You're from outside of uh, London. Where did you start doing stand-up? Uh, I did not do that until I had moved to Toronto. Oh, so you started here in the city? Yes. I actually started uh, at New York University. I met some friends, uh, Ennis Adsmer and Sam Easton, who you know, and another mm-hmm. friend, uh, Connor Green. We're all in the same program. And uh, we decided to put the sketch troupe together. And when that dissolved, uh, my good friend Sam Easton, because um, we gave up basically because he was moving away and we didn't want to do it without him. Um, but he really pushed me to get started with my stand-up before I left, or before he left, knowing that full well I'd probably <laughs> never get around to it without the shove. And uh, yeah, he booked my set for me, and after that first one, I knew I needed to do some more. Cool. So you guys did that before. Was Sam, did he do, st- when did he start, like, was he doing uh, stand-up he, at that point? Yeah, he was not really during our sketch years, but he had tried a little bit at high school, so he did it, I think, from about 16, 18. And then when he came to York, you know, he was basically just focused on school and our troupe. Right. Uh, but then, you know, kicked it back in gear right when I was, basically. 
starting. And what was it like starting in Toronto? I'm always fascinated with people that start in Toronto. It seems like the learning curve is is, is pretty big and you sort of get thrown into the deep end because there's so much talent here. What was that like uh, starting here? Um, I, I never really thought about it. I guess I, I better, I suppose, just because, yeah, you're kind of you're thrown right into the uh, frying pan, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the scene when I was here, when I started 15 years ago, was considerably different. Uh, like there was maybe a dozen open mics over the course of the week. And I knew I could probably point and tell you who every single person was who did comedy in the city. Right. And now it has swelled up to easily two, three times that. It's and a huge have, scene. Now. Yeah, 10 times the amount of rooms. Um, so it was a little more easy to manage. And though it was competitive, like... Um, it wasn't that hard to rise to the top because mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to see that you know who was like, who got it and who didn't you know right. what I mean? yeah like who could show some potential and who was just probably going to be uh, a lifer you know what I mean? right so what kind of rooms would you do i mean open mics but specifically like spirits uh, yeah like, yes was spirits sort of like the top of the top of the list yeah it actually intimidated me like as an amateur comic like joanna downey bless her heart like she you know she was just, and still is, like, the, just, she was such a tough broad, you know? Mm. <laughs> like, she had, like, rules and just, like, you got to sign up and you kind of have to do the early spot first and then you kind of kind of have to prove yourself. Uh, so I did that a couple times, but I was just, like, I felt like I wasn't good enough for that room. And I probably didn't go back for, like, seven years until right. I had a little more confidence and I started emailing her again. But there was, like, um, the Groundhog, an old room that used to be fantastic. Uh, we used to do one of my favorite old rooms is uh, uh, the Gladstone before mm-hmm. uh, you know Queen West got gentrified. Was just the biggest like <laughs> piece of shit room you've ever seen in your life. Like the people that drank there were like like right out of like Parkdale magazine. Like people missing teeth. The waitress had like missing some of her front teeth, but very sweet, you know. And this room basically they just had a microphone and a set of drums behind you, and if you could get. Anyone to turn around on their bar stool hmm. and listen to you, you were destroying in that room. <laughs> right, so I kill. would see people do the weirdest shit just to try and get people to look at them. Like Jason Reynolds was naked more times than I can count. My buddy Dressler is like titty fucking other amateur comics just to get something going, <laughs> just to get these people to join. Right. But we love that room. And so, how many times are you getting up that early on? Oh, like I, my first year or so, like I, I remember I did my first set and it went, you know, fairly well. Do you know what I mean? I didn't get booed off stage or anything like Where that. Where was your first set? It was at uh, Comedy Wood at St. George and Bloor, that mm-hmm. location there, uh, which is now gone. I think it is a full-time or something now. Right. That was a full-time club sort of thing? It was, yeah. There was right. a guy, uh, Boris the Incredible Hypnotist. He owned two oh, clubs, yeah, yeah, one yeah, at yeah. Uh, Bathurst and Keel and one at St. George and Bloor. Wow, there were two Comedy Woods in Toronto and a Yuck Yucks, I take it? Or two? Uh, and a Yuck Yucks. And, wow, God, what was that hotel uh, one called? Um, I always forget the name of that. I didn't play that one very often. Laugh Resort? Laugh Resort, right. yeah, yeah, where Wilmot started. Um so, yeah, again, like that was a club. I, well, so there were four full-time comedy clubs. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, in a way, like the scene has swelled up uh, open mic-wise, but mm-hmm. mainstream comedy clubs, there are yeah, only no. really two. The comedy bar, I don't know if you consider that like a mainstream. Uh, well, I do. I mean, like that, it has been the greatest uh, or the biggest, I think, piece of competition they've had in It a is a time. great, great club. When I think mainstream comedy club, I think, you know, of a full weekend with like an MC, middle mm-hmm. and host, whereas yeah. comedy bar, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's more like a UCB or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's dwindled down. Yeah. So you did your first set at Comedy Wood, mm-hmm. and how did it go? 
Uh, good, good. It was an amateur night and uh, some comics. I, I believe I remember. I believe Paul Haywood was hosting, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember. Um, I don't know if my jokes were killing. I can't remember that clearly, but I do remember getting a nice pop from the comics table on some line I threw out about how mediocre my last joke was. And it was literally that laugh. It literally snapped my head to the left to see where that laugh came from. <laughs> and I could see them laughing and just, uh, you know, uproariously. And that, that first, it's almost like your first haul of a cigarette. You know what I mean? That first right, time right. You, get, yeah. you get that head rush, you're just like, oh, I see. I see why people do this now. Do you, uh, and I wrote that out for like a month. Right. <laughs> I think I did <laughs> my second set. <laughs> yeah. Again, Sam needs to remind me. All right, you know, they, right. That's not the end of your career. Let's go. Do you remember any of your bits from uh, when you started? Oh, God. I like, I wish I, I, I probably have it written down somewhere, but I wish I, some I, of them were just terrible. Like, one of my earliest jokes that did well is um, as some girl said to me, um, what, what was the. Not uh, in your dreams, buddy. Uh, me talking about trying to pick up this girl. She screams in your dreams. And my big line was, uh, if I were dreaming, you'd be at least an A cup and your mouth wouldn't look like a smashed open tin of brown beans. <laughs> that was that was one of my hot ones right there. <laughs> Disciple of Jason Rouse, I might want to point out. Yeah. Took me a while to figure out I wasn't Jason Rouse. So when you came up, he was, because he hasn't, he couldn't have been yeah. doing it that much longer than you. Uh, he was a little, yeah, but not, I would see he was maybe five years, but he was like, uh, like the golden boy at that time. Like right. there was nobody bigger. He was bigger than Russell even. Like really? Russell's star was climbing, but you know, Jason was just, everybody was talking about him because he had, had this incredible ability to be horribly filthy and graphic, mm. but still bring uh, like all demographics together. Like you couldn't help but laugh at him just because he was super charming and had an unbelievable gift for crowd work. Right. Still does, frankly. Mm-hmm. So in your first year, how many sets would you say you like you banged out? First year, not a lot. Because I think I'm trying to think. I started in the summer, I believe it was. It was a nice warm day. Um, so I'm gonna say maybe twenty at best in, the, in that first six months till the end of the year. Right. And then uh, it was actually meeting my friend uh, Eddie uh, Delisepi, where mm-hmm. he was um, constantly looking to get out of the house. Like if you know Eddie at all, he mm-hmm. does not like sitting still. So he had his dad's car and, uh, you know, the, just all night long to, to kill. So Was that that green Ford Escort? Uh, uh, blue, s- yes. Blue the station, drooler. The yeah. station wagon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That his dad fraudulently had a handicap license for. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was great. So like that, that not only uh, kind of helped our friendship blossom, but he literally would just <laughs> escort me around. That really helped my career because right. he was just like, do you want to hit this room? Do you want to hit this room? Do you want to hit this room? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm broke. And, you know, yeah, what else? This you is do? a free ride, and I, I got nothing else to do. Yeah, might as well. And there were some places you get free beer and peanuts. So it was like, boom, let's do this. Making it. Uh-huh. Making it. So uh, you're a Yuck Yucks comedian. Uh, you have been for uh, a while. So how do yeah. you make that transition from open micer 15 years ago to do Yuck Yucks? Do you go th- jump through all the hoops of like, you know, the Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights or whatever? Because mm-hmm. I don't know that that side of things because I've c- come from another city where you yeah. come in. I was already with, with them. Skip the development. Yeah. Back then, um, it's similar to what they have now, except I, th- I think we had Tuesdays and it was called The Fast Track. Right. And it was basically still amateur night, but um, Mark uh, Breslin, the infamous Mark Breslin, would uh, keep above, uh, you know, maybe five or six to eight people. Uh, they got spot every week on amateur night, and then um, they would rotate the pro spot at the end of the show. So you would get to practice your five minutes every week, and then every, you know, fifth or sixth week, do 15 minutes at the end of the show to help you get that middle time. 
and we were all being sort of mentored by uh, a man by the name of Jack Norman, who is now, uh, he could basically pass for a Ford, like a Rob Ford, like one of these Ford brothers. Yeah. He's so like crazy nuts. Uh, but in a weird way that he was actually very good for my development because mm-hmm. he showed me that uh, there are no limits. You can say or do or be as crazy as you want to be. Like if he taught me anything, it's that, yeah, don't be afraid of anything. Like you, mm-hmm. can, you can pretty much get away with murder on stage. And then, uh, yeah, but eventually to get off there, you had to get off uh, by Mark promoting you. And then he would send you to um, weekends if you could handle the weekends, like doing your 15 minute spots. Did that for a few weeks. He'd make you try it out a few times. As long as uh, you had good results, you would jump right into the middle spots. Right. And that was, yeah, that was just blissful. I did that right before my 25th birthday. Cool. How old are you now? I am 36. 36. (laughs) And uh, so at this point, you're sort of starting to take it a little more seriously. You're doing the yucks thing. Are your parents supportive of that? Uh, Yes, they have always, they have... uh, I don't think always agreed with my choice, but have never um, asked me to do anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, right. They're very, like, parents, they're very supportive, but at the same time, uh, would they prefer I was some sort of doctor locking down, you know, 150K a year? Yeah, of course they would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my mother always jokes that I turned her hair gray, but I mean, I also think that I, you know, I have given back to her life with all the humor. Do you know what I mean? I've right. added as much time as I've taken away. Right. Um, Brothers, sisters? Four brothers. Yeah. Four brothers. Four, or sorry, three brothers. I am <laughs> one of those four. Um, what do they do? Uh, my oldest brother, Jamie, he is IT. He works for uh, a company. I can't remember what they actually do anymore. Um, and the next oldest, uh, Craig, he is uh, in real estate. Sort of, uh, He sort of looks at uh, buildings, kind of manages the, some of the assets that mm-hmm. this real estate company has, and a bit of an appraiser. And uh, the youngest, uh, uh, my brother Darren, he is uh, quite a successful little uh, wedding photographer. So you're definitely the black sheep uh, in the family. Exactly, yeah, yeah. The two oldest are very business, logical people, and the two youngest, we're very artistic. Right. Cool. All right, so uh, I guess you do the Yuck Yucks things for a while. You've toured. You've toured around. You've seen some success. What's the ultimate goal? Like, what, what... with your stand-up, are you ever... Because the reason I ask is that a lot of people's close friends, uh-huh. uh, like Eddie that you mentioned, have moved to L.A. and uh-huh. some people to the U.K. Do you ever asp- aspire to leave Canada, or do you, are you one of those guys that subscribe to... Like myself, I, f- I feel like you can have a really good career in Canada. You just oh, have certainly. to... Yeah, yeah. You just have to uh, take charge a little more and be a little more proactive. And you can't, yeah. if you're going to make any sort of living in Canada, you can't just sit and wait for opportunity to fall in your lap. No. So where do you sit on that? Do you do you ever think you'll leave or are you a sort of Canada guy? Are you going to stick it out here? I um, I certainly would like to uh, open up those channels. Yeah, just because I, uh, I, I, my eventual goal is I would like to have, like if I had to pick like a person, like, a Judd Apatow-like career, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean, where he has the ability to write and act, although he doesn't do much of that, and still do a little stand-up, do you know what I mean? That Those are the kind of, like, I'd love to create comedy uh, beyond stand-up as well. Uh, but at the same time, I would never stop doing stand-up, right. regardless of whatever else fell on my plate like this. Oddly enough, like, I always thought my uh, life as a kid, because I always knew very young that I wanted to be something in entertainment, but I thought I would try and act first, and then do comedy to kill the time, and now it's been—it's turned quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> so right, right. I actually had so much fun killing time between auditions with stand-up that 
I sometimes feel like I don't give enough attention to my acting career. Right. Um, but yeah, I would love to go on. And, um, and my goal right now is to open up a new market. I feel like I've seen enough of Canada and it's taught me the majority of what it's going to teach me for now and now to open a door, uh, preferably to the United States. And are you doing anything for that? Are you sort of looking into it? I have uh, a visa uh, to um, collect soon. Uh, mm-hmm. One of these, uh, shall we say, less expensive visas. I got you. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to be trying one of those in the new year. And uh, try, yeah, again, just try and get in some clubs out there so I could just open up the profile. Right. Because I feel like, um, yeah, Canada has... Uh, some small percentage of Canada knows who Brian had is. Why not right. share that secret with the world? <laughs> well, share away. I yeah. feel like you'll have pretty good success going down there because, I mean, having been in the business for as long as you have, you know a lot of people that have uh, moved to L.A. or yeah. New York. So you, you sort of make those connections that way. And that's the best way to get into any club in the States or anywhere, really, is you get recommended. You mm-hmm. go, you do a showcase um, often on your own dime, you just get there, but then yeah. you get sort of passed at those clubs and you slowly but surely uh, build a little uh, circuit for yourself. And you can build a circuit for yourself in the exactly. States anywhere in any sort of pocket because there are still, to this day, so many comedy clubs in the States. It's crazy. Uh, you know, there's some A rooms, but there's like a million, like, quote-unquote, C uh, comedy clubs where they're you know wisecrackers and Scranton, <laughs> yeah. Pennsylvania, or just the Chuckle Hut. Right, <laughs> I love their names too. But I mean, it's a way to get out there and uh, yeah. and uh, do what you do. Now, in your days of touring and all that sort of stuff, have you ever found yourself uh, uh, like drugs or alcohol or anything like that? Like, what's your weakness? What's your good? Have I found them? <laughs> yeah, I found them. Well. Um, not, yeah, not if they you show found up. them. They show up. Yeah. But are you like I've I've said this yeah. time and again for me it was weed all the like that was yeah. my big one. What's sort of your thing? Um well, I have a weakness for um pizza pockets. That's definitely a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I eat way too many of those on the road. It's like someone who cheats on their wife as soon as they leave town. Do you know what I mean? Like I cheat on me my like <laughs> my you know zest for healthy living. Um <laughs> But I guess, yeah, um, yeah, I, I pretty much drank myself. Uh, you know, I, I did my drinking thing in high school and college. I feel right. like I got that out of my system. So much like yourself, although I still enjoy getting drunk, uh, occasionally I'm more of a, a yeah, pot man. Pot guy, huh? Yeah, it just keeps you on a nice even keel. It's cheap. Yeah. It's, you know, there's no hangovers. I, it's pretty hard to top. Yeah, yeah. it is. It yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, I had to... I. I didn't have to, but I stopped by choice just to be mm-hmm. a little more productive because for me it was a huge that, ambition killer. Yeah. I couldn't do anything on it. That is the one danger you have to worry about. It will crush right. your dreams. It will slow you down. Like, you don't even realize. I can guarantee if if I hadn't stopped, we wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> in this studio here right no, now. No, we'd be sitting on your bed talking into an iPhone right now. <laughs> or talking Not a beautiful a, studio. A pipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about any sort of hard drugs? You ever do get into coke or anything like that? Oh gonna, God, no! I no. just you don't never, seem like the type. Nah, I guess it's still like part of me is just that I'm still that sweet kid. My mother, like I, I don't, I would never be able to look at my mother's face if right. <laughs> knowing that I'd done coke. Uh, I can somehow the weed is tolerable, but yeah, no, coke never appealed to me. Anything 
that like it has to have some connection to the earth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've done. Sorry, having said that, I did ecstasy a couple times. It was fun, but you know what? It didn't really. Right. It felt too different. Do you know what I mean? Like shrooms. I'll take your hash. I'll take your weed. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been craving shrooms lately. I don't know why, but I feel like I have to give that one more swing. I I don't think I've done it in almost ten years. We should have done some right before coming here. I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've just ever. (laughs) I just think Boyd. Somehow I will find Boyd Banks and I will end up doing shrooms. Right. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so yeah, you and I have, have both indulged together in the weed. I know. I, uh, I honestly constantly forget that you don't smoke. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've offered it to you. I'm, it's crazy how I think about it all the time. Yeah. Like it's, uh, and it, it doesn't go away. No. It, it, it was, it was a little bit hard at first. Well, a lot hard. And then it kind of a little bit went away, mm-hmm. but then, um, it sort of comes back. Now I'm like jonesing like f- all the fucking time. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. if I could just smoke a joint right now. or I wonder if that's because your body's just like, okay, I think we've decided, we, we, we have control. Now let's right. just get it in. Because it's clearly not in my system anymore. You know, it's been nine yeah. months. It's gone. Wow, but but I, I'm like, mm-hmm. literally every day I think about it. Uh, when I, as you know, it's been almost, it uh, has been nine months. Actually, I quit smoking, and one of my things was I kept dreaming about it. I would cheat in my dreams. I dream Did about it. Did you ever all, dream about it? Oh, <laughs> all the time. All the time. Doesn't like, it feel great? It feels great. I feel like I got away with murder. <laughs> I have mixed emotions about it. When I wake up, I'm like, ugh. I know. At first, I'm panicking because I was like, oh my God, I cheated. I cheated. I got to start all over again. Yeah. And I realized, oh, no, I'm fine. Oh, okay, I'm good. But it happens all, all, all the time, I find. I've been trying to workshop this bit where, where, um, uh, you know, because drug addicts or ex, you know, recovering alcoholics or or whatnot, or alcoholics, they when they say, and I understand this fully now, um, when they say not a day goes by that they don't think of using. Oh yeah, you, yeah. it's true, and you think, wow, that's daunting. But on the flip side, you ever notice that when someone tells you, you know, they've lost a loved one, that you know, not a day goes by that they don't think of that person. You yeah. you think, really, not one day? Like you, <laughs> yeah, like you believe no. the drug addict. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm more inclined to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. If I, yeah, if I considered every loved one I've lost every day, I'd probably be on Xanax or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But somehow. Uh, Do you have a um, high story on stage? Oh God, yeah. Um, as I was mentioning before, I um, celebrated the birthday of a great man. Speaking of marijuana, uh, Dan Galea, um, good dear friend of mine. He also happens to be co-producer of a show called The Garage Show, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's comedy in a garage, but it's such a tight, charming setting. It almost feels like you're doing comedy at a cabin. So, cut to the fact that uh, this is a few weeks back. It is his. It's his birthday. Good close buddy of mine. Lots of friends out there. He is also very much like a weed advocate and lover yeah. of marijuana. So him and all his friends have joints. So unwittingly, I'm performing on this show without even really considering what I'm doing. I must have smoked my share, you know, in some part, five, six different joints in the 30 minutes before I went on stage. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of these people that can smoke a little and go on stage. I know a lot of guys who smoke weed don't. Um, but the trick is, right, don't be peaking and don't be coming down. Right. <laughs> and I forgot all that. Forgot all that. So just <laughs> up there peaking like an <laughs> asshole, trying to remember my set and literally at one point climbing the walls a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was so high. I felt like I was being like like a, like a cloud was about to take me <laughs> right. <laughs> take me up. It is. I, I've done it 
at all levels, the peaking, coming down, oh the hour before, and it sort of creeps up on you. And But I found that they can all be good. Like if yeah. you smoke fresh and you're peaking, that can be fun if you don't get it too, too inside your head. <laughs> exactly. If you just sort of ride it out, that can be fun. Because for me, the f I think one of the first times I ever smoked on stage, well, not literally on stage, but before going, yeah. like being high on stage, I was going to, I was like a year and a half or two years in and... Um, and uh, right when oh, you're starting to get shit. cocky, <laughs> light, light that shit. Okay, right. so first time ever on the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast, Brian. Oh yeah, listen to that. Did you hear that? Brian is smoking a bowl of marijuana. Blow that shit in my face. Blow it in this direction. Yeah. I do that for my friend Ada. Give her a face hoot. All right. She somehow thinks she'll pass the drug <laughs> test if she doesn't. If it doesn't touch her lips. That's the thing. It's passive. I don't because uh, I've gone to like clandestine or oh, yeah, yeah. and and you're you gonna get, get contact you get high. contact high, yeah. and that's how I justify getting high nowadays. I'm like, well, I didn't smoke it. Yeah, yeah, no. And that show starts at what, like nine thirty, ten. Your day is over. And Enjoy yourself. So for people not not from Toronto, clandestine is this pot room. I don't know how these things are legal. There's three or well, four. Or, I don't know that this one is. Well, right. <laughs> so maybe don't give the address. Right. We won't give away <laughs> the address, but. Uh, there's this few places. Uh, there's a place right on Young, um, and th they're advertised. No, that one I think is legal. I think without admitting it, uh, the cops and these people have come to an agreement that, because if you notice in all these sort of legit pot rooms, uh, they have very strict rules. You know, what I mean, about not dealing and not promoting that, and you can't serve alcohol. And like, if there's anything near an argument, your ass has been thrown out of that place. Right. I think that's it. And frankly. Because of those rules, like they have less trouble than any other bar in town. <laughs> right, right. They don't sell weed. You can just smoke it. That's it. So for people listening outside of Toronto, because I, when I first came here, this was all new to me. I couldn't believe this was a, a thing. Um, there are these rooms. They sell sort of uh, paraphernalia, pipes, uh, any sort of any anything you can imagine with a pot plant logo on it. Logo, pot plant image. Anyway, yeah. Pot, pot, yeah. yeah, the image of a pot. Yeah. Hoot number two, blow that shit in this direction. <laughs> and so um, I think I'm actually getting a little contact. <laughs> I got pretty good aim. That's a plume. That's a healthy plume. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, there are these rooms where, they, again, they sell all these things. They even rent out volcanoes. Yeah, yeah. You find dollars, uh, like get you a free vaporizers. volcano. Yeah, yeah. And you go, and they have live shows. They uh, they have yeah. you know comedy nights, and you go there and you perform, and everyone is smoking, vaporizers, joints, pipes, yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just no blunts, no tobacco, please. No tobacco. <laughs> yeah, that's offensive. Yeah, that's that, another one of the rules. No tobacco <laughs> smoking. Yeah. That's illegal. Yeah, and no vaporizers. Oddly enough, he is very much against vaporizers. That one caught me off guard. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. No way. I couldn't get into it. It's too long of an explanation. Weird. Yeah. So anyway. You go there, and whether you're smoking or not, you get really high, really high. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I went there maybe four months ago to see Todd Glass, okay. and uh, already Todd Glass has a pot following. Yeah, yeah. And it's in a pot room, and so he's about to start the show. And I, I showed up maybe an hour before the show. I was there with uh, Christina Walkinshaw, and we she was on the show, so I was hanging out with her. And before we even um, – so we get there like an hour before – yeah, <laughs> we get there like an hour before, and it's like we're getting a little contact high. But then they announce the show is going to start in five minutes, and everyone just lights up. Oh. And 
I looked at Christina and her eyes are like glossy red and she was oh, yeah. laughing hysterically. She like, used oh. to do that. Don't <laughs> let that sweet image fool you. I often regret that I didn't know her during those times. Can right. you imagine Christina uh, all ripped on weed? <laughs> Exciting times. Um, so just to quickly finish uh, about being high on stage for the first time. Yeah, I'm like a year and a half, two years in. And I'm doing this like random impromptu showcase for the Halifax Comedy Festival in, but it's in Charlottetown. I don't know if you remember, uh, I don't remember her name. She put, uh, what was her name? Mary, Marie France. She had put together the, the PEI Comedy Fest like oh, right. in 2006 and it had gone way too big. I mean, she had like yeah, I heard about blew that. her budget. Uh, she brought in like 50 comics and like, yeah. I remember I talking to her and she was like, there's like 10 shows left and if they all sell out, I will only lose 20 grand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And each show did not even come close to selling out. They were like, no. I believe know. she flipped her truck at the end of that festival yes. too, if I remember. Yeah, Paul Meyerhoff yeah, was there. Yeah. Like it couldn't have gone worse. Yeah. Right. Damn. And so, but she had put on a like local quote local showcase f- for like up and comers, and the Halifax people would be there. It was sort of an unofficial showcase, and I'm standing. I drove there, and I had sm- I hadn't smoked on the way there. But uh, I drive there with a buddy of mine, and when I get there, Wafik Nasrallah, the gentle Wafik, is there, and a few other people. I can't remember who was there. And we're standing outside like an hour before the show, and they're passing around a joint. And he's like, uh, he he asks me if I want to smoke. I'm like, no, I got to go on. And he's like, I remember uh, one time I was with, uh, it must have been like Wilmont or someone like that. <laughs> and uh, I went to, I refused, and he's like, what are you, new? And as soon as he said that, I'm like, ah, give me that. Because again, a year and a half, two years in, you think you're the sh- fucking shit hot oh, yeah. comics. I'm like, I'm not new. No, what I'm you, not going yeah, to you crazy? no to Wilmot. Come on. Uh, but this is well, well, I wasn't even saying no to Wilmot. I was saying no to like a, a second degree to that story. It was Wafik just telling his version of that story. <laughs> and so him telling that, that story, I'm like, no, hand it over. I'm not new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not like you in that story. I'm actually going to yeah. smoke. So I smoked. And it was like an hour before the show, and I remember... Bad timing. An bad hour? timing. No, but an hour good. Was, I was lethargic. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. in my head of like a mental mayhem before going up. Yeah, yeah. It was just... It was too much. You almost would have been better off smoking again to get right out of that loop. Yeah, get back up on the high. The first time... Funny enough, this gentleman is involved in the two times that I've been highest on stage. The first time I ever got freshly high was with Scott Dumas. Ah, Dumas. Yeah, he'll do that to you. <laughs> he will, he will. <laughs> Scott, for those of you who don't know, he used to be a banker. So we sort of bonded on that because I used I to be a financial planner. Yeah, banker. he used to work wow. in banks and I used to be a financial planner. So we, when he came through, we sort of bonded on that. And uh, we were doing this show in Mirror Machine, New Brunswick, at the Dooley's there. And, yeah, um, I believe I played that gig, oddly. At this point, the floodgates were open because I had already smoked like an hour before. I'm like, I got this. And <laughs> and so we're doing this, this show and uh, I... Scott's like I'm gonna go I'm hosting slash we're doing like a shotgun show it's like you start you host you bring up the next person up and then that's the end of the show he doesn't like I don't go up and close the show again I'm just like the opener slash shotgun MC two man show I love it right so he's like I'm just gonna go outside if you want and he had like this stone pipe it was like a like literally just a piece of slab of stone with Mm -hmm. a hole in it and you pack it on top and just like the natives man that's right (laughs) so i go outside with him and we get super baked and i'm literally walking in and the organizers bringing me on stage (laughs) fresh 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 and you still got a little smoke trailing off your body totally and it was actually a lot of fun it had it was like pretty good 
but that's not always the case. Like mm-hmm. I did one time, um, I was with Don Perret in Ottawa and I went to see this absolute comedy used to do the show at tailgaters on Maryville road on Tuesday nights. Right. And it was this, this cavernous uh, pool hall, basically they'd get pretty good turnout. And right before going in, Dom and I smoke a joint. I'm fresh, freshly high. And I go in and first time I meet Jason Lawrence and this is, had been before I had ever signed with yuck. So I was independent and he's like, Yo, do you want to do a spot? I'd like to see you. And I couldn't say no, right? No, yeah, it doesn't look good. But I'm freshly high, so I go up on stage. And I remember maybe a little bit like you said when you're climbing the walls. I'm like saying, I can hear myself like a second after I'm actually saying (laughs) things. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking. You're outside of yourself. I'm outside of myself. I'm saying something. I can analyze what I just said before you even hear the laugh. Like time slowed down so much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I sweating? I don't normally sweat. That's weird. Why it feels so hot? Um, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, I want to do this thing with you. And we're gonna ask uh, Jen Grant to come in here and do this with us. Wow, and threesome! Threesome. That's right. Take your pants off. <laughs> They're um, already up. We're gonna we're gonna disrobe, take a break, and uh, and then we'll get back into it in uh, one sec. We'll be right back. Today's episode is also brought to you by HP Audio. Toronto listeners, here's another one for you. Contact HP Audio today for any DJ services for your wedding, for your private event, for your corporate function, for your corporate luncheon. That's right, luncheon. Contact HP Audio today for your elaborate audio installs and setups. Don't try to do it yourself. That never ends well. Contact the professionals at HP Audio. Email djhpaudio at gmail.com. That's djhpaudio at gmail.com. Enter once again JDCH in the subject line. Okay, and we are back. Uh, we are now joined with... Uh, joined by? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joined to. Jo- we are joined to... Uh, by the way, we're all high. Jen Grant is here. Brian Hat smoked his pipe, and I think or contact. I definitely don't. I was, I was sitting at my desk, going, "I'm really tired." All of a sudden, <laughs> and I feel amazing. All of a sudden, um, okay. So we're back, and it's time now for another installment of "Are You Mariah or Yoko?" And now Julian Dion presents "Are You Mariah or Yoko." Where we find out from each of your celebrity guests, is it vocal range or vocal strain? Okay, so Jen, of course, is here. Uh, Could you quickly explain once again to the listeners the premise? Yes. So, you know, when you're listening to a song, you really like it, and you're by yourself with your headphones on, and you're singing it, you feel like you sound so good, because you think, you can't hear your voice, so you think, oh my god, I'm amazing. Well, I'm testing out this theory right now, and it's called Mariah or Yoko, because we're going to decide between Brian Hatt and myself, who who is Mariah and who is Yoko. Now, one thing to consider is enthusiasm counts for a lot. So if you sell the shit out of this song, Julian, keep that in mind when you're judging. 
I'm just saying. Like you're, you're adding more flair now to your descriptions. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm, I must be high then. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'm going to start smoking. Okay. Okay, so here we go. And the song of choice today is When a Man Loves a Woman, with the original version by Percy Sledge. Okay. Luckily, that's in my repertoire. Okay. Here's Jen Grant. When a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else. He'll change the world. For the gooding he found. <laughs> if she's bad, he can't see it. <laughs> he can do no wrong. <laughs> Turn his back on his best friend if he put her down. Okay, that was Jen Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I concede? Oh. She, I concede? <laughs> that was a. <laughs> so i have to remind the uh oh my god i'm definitely high i have to <laughs> you were beat red doing it. you were like belching it like belching belting belting it out like you were screaming your lungs out into the mic i had to turn the mic all the way down just to remind the listeners jen all jen can hear is the music really really loud and her ear. she can't even hear her own voice yeah uh, so, because we put headphones on and and the music fast, extremely oh loud. <laughs> did not miss a beat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, back. I yeah, right there was a away, screaming. When we heard it. <laughs> yeah. What? The? Uh, that was hilarious. There are a couple bar- bars. Let me just rewind yeah, a little yeah, bit. Please. This song. <laughs> Let me hear it. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. I'm way too high for that performance. <laughs> I was like literally screaming. Yeah, yeah. I felt it in the floor. <laughs> yeah, in the mic, in the cans, in my earphones. I was like, holy shit. I had to quickly turn down the volume. <laughs> Top of your lungs. Okay. But it it was pretty good. Once the volume was really low, it actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And now here we go once again, and here's uh, Brian Hatton, and he can't hear anything but the music really loudly. He can't even hear his own voice. Here we go. When a man loves a woman by Percy Sledge. <laughs> no rehearsal? Fuck. <laughs> no rehearsal. Okay. <laughs> when a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else. He'll change the world. But the good thing is found. If there's a bug, he can see it. He can do no wrong. Turn his back on his belly. Put her down. That's too much. All right. I can't. That's too much. Oh, <laughs> Thank fuck. you. Oh my God! I'm still thinking about Jen's performance. That was the, yours was pretty good, I have to say. <laughs> you started out. Um, uh, I switched. You switched it up. You went. You started aggressive and then fell into a falsetto, like a smooth, gentle falsetto. It was easier up there. <laughs> All right, so. Well, that was b- both entertainment-wise were off the fucking charts. Hilarious. That's probably the secondhand weed smoke, smoke talking. But um, that was one of the funniest ones we've had so far. But the segment is not about entertainment only. So you both get huge points on 
on um, enthusiasm and getting into it, but I have to give this one once again to Jen Grant. Deservedly. Uh, yeah. So so far, her track record she's uh, she's faced off against two comedians <laughs> and two professional singer songwriters, and she's lost against the singer songwriters, and she's won against the comedians. Yeah. So that was another installment. Thank you, Jen, of Are You Mariah or Are You Yoko? There she is. Okay, so uh, we're back, and uh, <laughs> thanks for doing that. My pleasure, man. Thanks for letting uh, Jen sing for me. That was fantastic. Oh, my God. She screamed her lungs my out. God. We usually we usually don't tell the guests we're going to do this because we don't want you to overthink it or, or oh, yeah. chicken out last second. So we just uh, we always ambush people with it. And so far, everyone's been uh, a go and uh, down with it. Uh, hilarious. So we're back here. We're a little high. Um, I'm definitely feeling it. Yep. This is fun. You obviously heard it in my voice. Oh, shit. That was really entertaining. Okay, so we're here with comedian and actor Brian Hatt. So what's going on? What's what's next for you? What? Uh, so I know you talk about the States, but um, what else? What else is going on? Uh, well, what else is going on? I literally am uh, off to Niagara Falls this weekend. There we uh, go. The most, uh, the most uh, thing coming up to the quickest uh, with Mr. Daryl Orr and Mr. Dan Guyrie. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Come on down. Four shows this weekend, Thursday to Saturday. Um, yeah, and then after that, I'm heading out west to do uh, to, uh, Victoria and uh, the mountains, Kelowna, and oh, cool. part of the world, which I'm very excited about. You're I've doing the Hecklers in uh, Victoria? Yeah, Hecklers, yeah, which is fantastic. Little yeah, it's place. a great yeah, club. Yeah, it's the closest a, um, like a one-night gig will ever get to being a club. That's <laughs> crazy. So... This is the thing for the listeners. Uh, in Victoria, they have this room. It's called Hecklers. It's actually not not directly, like not a comedy heckling, but it's a sports bar. And um, they have two shows there, fr- one Friday, one Saturday. And um, always rammed, always packed, always super, super hot crowds. One of the best clubs. It and really it's not is. even a club. It's like a... Yeah, it's like a bar, which is a, a really great game. stand-up gig. And they yeah. do two nights and... Uh, three or four shows I can't remember it's been a while but it's I'm very much looking forward to it cool and who are you there with did you already say I don't know oh. uh, it's me and uh, TBD which is you know that guy does some great work and I think he's uh, working a lot <laughs> yeah, he's, he's working more than I am that yeah, TDV my man but he hustles he hustles he's <laughs> everywhere you he deserves yourself. every gig everything he gets yeah and TBA that hack he should be off his yeah. <laughs> ripping off TBD like that that's wrong wrong uh, TBD was around way before yeah, that's um, some Carlos Mencia shit right there man <laughs> so we're talking about um, smoking do you do you have any other high on stage stories or anything like that? Uh, high on stage, um, no. But I, I don't like. But the, one of the problems, and again, why I don't like peaking or coming down. Mostly, this happens when I'm peaking. Is uh, like, especially on two show nights, you have that great fear where you don't know if I've told this joke already. Right, right. <laughs> have you ever repeated a joke on stage? No, I think I've avoided it, but I have thought about it many times. <laughs> I've had the feeling of you start it and you're like, oh, fuck, like on, you said on a, on a multiple show night, and it almost stops you in your tracks, like that yeah. fear of like... Um, cool. Well, um, anything you want to plug? <laughs> <laughs> 
for those of you uh, who are listening, um, he is just, he hasn't been baked in a long time, and uh, he's struggling with the last part of this interview, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I um, anything I want to plug, I will be uh, tonight, uh, if you get this tonight, which you won't. You won't. <laughs> no. Okay, let me go a little further than that. Uh, 2015 <laughs> is looking big for me, so check me out. Twitter, have, anything no, like Twitter, that? I'm at Brian Hatt. I have a Facebook fan page. Just find me there. And uh, Brian yeah. with a Y. Brian with a Y. So that's B-R-I-A-N-Y, silent Y at the end. <laughs> silent Y, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I'm just, yeah, come watch Canadian comedy. I will be there. You'll be there. Okay, yeah, quickly before we go, I want to, because I discussed this on a previous podcast, previous Previous podcast. <laughs> Holy shit. I ruined him. <laughs> I broke Julian the For the better. Did you, uh, when you go on the road, like when you're in Vancouver and Kelowna and Victoria, how do you, do you travel with weed or do you find contacts? No, I find contacts. No, I like my criminal record right where it is. And so, you know, I'm resourceful enough. And again, I feel like it's not something that I need. (laughs) It's not not, uh, intravenous drug that, you know, you start killing for. I'm a little all over the map here, but speaking of... um, criminal record can we please talk about what <laughs> if you would stop massaging your nipple you can ask me anything you want <laughs> just circling would. his areolas right now people with his knuckles Get i him. am but it's not sexual it's because i had a pain in there just now like that's uh, not good right. that's the first sign of a stroke for sure okay nipple i have a pain, pain. in my nips <laughs> uh, left they're nip. unusually hard <laughs> it's warm in here it's not right are they supposed to be this hard and soft at the same time? Shit. I'm stroking. Uh, let's talk about, we'll just tell this story quickly. Mm-hmm. You had to do some community service, uh, I, I think two years ago already? Or was it last year? Uh, no, I think a, a year, I think. Yeah, about this time last year. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just um, in a park at about midnight, 1230, I want to say. Uh, with a couple of friends uh, walking home from the comedy club, they invited me to because uh, I did not have any uh, weed, as I never do. If you're a police officer, <laughs> I only <laughs> live on the kindness of strangers. Um, but yeah, my friends like let's chill up and let's roll something up. Uh, so I'm sitting there, sure enough, uh, and what somewhat karmically too, because I do make fun of these people. But a couple of bike cops literally roll up on us. And as you know, on the grass, they're nearly silent. So (laughs) (laughs) I did not have enough time. Like, I, you know, I gave them a little 5050, but, you know, we barely got it off. You're smoking a joint? Like, you're. No, my buddy was still on the rolling process. So my one friend, Ryan, had his bag of weed sitting right on the table. And my other buddy, Dylan, had like a little coffee tray with the grindings in it that he was about to use. So when I say 5-0, my buddy Ryan takes his right hand and sweeps his weed oh, off fuck. the table, which is just a terrible reflex, by yeah. the way. Right. <laughs> just put that on your body, right? right. Don't give them a reason to search you. Uh, anyways, so unbeknownst to me, who is sitting across from Ryan, it hits the tree, the weed, sort of rolls down the tree, slides down the tree, and lands next to my foot, which is <laughs> no big deal. No one knows this. It's dark. Uh, but as the cop, they do, the two cops come over and they start, you know, giving us the hassle because, uh, you know, I think they were, you know, fully aware of what we were about to do. Um, as they're sort of running our IDs and stuff, like nothing's happened yet. We're, we're not guilty of anything. I pull some cigarettes out of my pocket, which causes some change to spill out, bounce off the picnic table, land on the ground, which sends this one cop into a fury. And you're like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, hands in the air, man. You're like, whoa. I was like, I'm just, I have the smoke. I was like, man, I'm just grabbing a butt. I lost some change. That's all. 
He's like, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. And he comes around to my side with a flashlight. And sure enough, he finds my friend's bag of weed sitting right beside my foot. Oh, shit. And he was like, what the fuck is this, man? And I was just like, I don't know, man. Never seen it in my life. Uh, and, you know, and sure enough, like, he puts that right on me, of So course. you took the rap. Well, yeah. I mean, what am I supposed to do, really? Exactly. Uh, which was, you know, wouldn't have been a problem, but I technically already had a strike one <laughs> when I got busted. Also, again, by bike cops in the parking lot of the Rivoli, literally as I was sparking a bull. So he looks it up, and you're, you've already got a strike. Yeah, so he's writing me a ticket now for marijuana possession, which is crap, just because, you know, literally he has no evidence that's mine. But I decided for the purposes of not wasting taxpayer money and keeping our record clean to just take the 20 hours of community service and $100 fine. That's hilarious. So and what, I worked at Goodwill for 20 hours. What would you do there? Just basically, um, uh, like, I, I didn't realize, like, the whole donation system is quite impressive. Like, I sometimes I was in the receiving room where I would just literally like I would take the bags and the stuff that would come in, and you know, uh, one box is good stuff and the other box is crap like that needs to be thrown out basically. Uh, and then they have a basement, a massive basement. This is the one at Lansdowne and Bloor, where it's just like, like you can't believe how many bags of good stuff hmm. that they haven't even got to are sitting in the bottom of this basement, and they're all separated into seasons, right? Right. Um, so a lot of the time I was trying to like manage that, keep that stuff going. Cause it was in the middle of a, yeah, I think we were going from summer to, yeah, it was October so summer to fall. And it was actually kind of fun. Um, but you know, at the same time, a little embarrassing to, <laughs> <where> the, <laughs> to get okay. them to sign my hours on the way up. And now part two of that story, you are one day from going to court and getting all that reversed. Mm-hmm. You're going to show that you're, um, you've done your community service and they're, they're going to drop the charges. You're going there the next day. Yeah. Uh, so this is a new, uh, night at Yak Yaks, downtown Toronto here. We are on the show, you and I. Yeah, I know where you're going. Right After there. the show, <laughs> we decide let's uh, hop in the alley and uh, smoke yeah, a little bit I of weed. have not learned my lesson. Right. Literally, he's going the next day to get his charges dropped. Yeah. And so we sort of, um, myself and Brian and Andre Aruda, who's yeah. a comedian uh, who's... He's in a wheelchair also, ele- or electrical yeah. scooter. Oh, yeah. He's a little guy. He's like what? Literally like, a little person. Yeah, a little little yeah. person. Like what? Like three foot two, something like that. He jokes about yeah, it on stage. Uh, I he's think twenty eight inches or something. Right. I can't remember. He's a basketball basically. He's a medicine <laughs> ball with a face and arms. <laughs> we in a couple of you know. He's got you know twenty minutes. So that sort of helped us in this in this case. But anyway, I, I digress a little bit. We'll get to that. So we we go in the alley. It's Brian, myself, and Andre Ruda. And maybe a couple of the staff. Anyway, we duck into this like covey of like a like a door, and we're it's a really windy night, and we're sharing a pipe. <laughs> we're just going back and forth, and so okay. So Brian's got he's going to court tomorrow, and he also has a quarter ounce of weed in his pocket. And so before I light the the, the half bowl, quarter to be fair, half but quarter. Sure. <laughs> go on, go on. I look down the alley. And I see a minivan, like it's far, the minivan. So I'm like, oh, it's a minivan. We're safe. There's no one coming. So I put my back to the alley and I face the wall because it's really windy. Yeah, I get up against, block. right, for a wind block. And I spark the pipe and I smoke it. And I hear Brian go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and I turn around and there's a van, a cop van, an unmarked 
van with the sliding door open with two cops yeah. in the back. More, oh, man, that thing was packed. It was I packed. Think there were six right? cops in right? there. I couldn't believe it. So many cops. And so, but there's two cops looking at me. Uh, the the driver and the passenger, and then the two right in the middle seats yeah. of the van. The doors open, and they're looking at me. And they go, I I gently put my arm down <laughs> with the so pipe cool, in yeah. hand, and uh, the passenger cop jumps out. The guy in the passenger seat. He's like, "What are you smoking there?" And I don't answer. And he's like, uh, and clear, clarify some things because it might yeah. be a little. Um, At that point, I believe he said, "What is that crack?" That's what he said, right? <laughs> and we were like, "No, that's weed, weed." What the hell? Freaked man? out because yeah. he's like, "What is that?" And uh, I didn't answer right away. He's like, "I see what you have in your hand. What What are you smoking there?" And I'm like, "A pipe." And he's like, "Is that crack?" <laughs> Aggressively, and yeah. we're all like, "Whoa, no, no, yeah. oh god, no!" It's Why just... would I be feeding a bitch a crack? What kind of human <laughs> being does this? He's got to drive home. <laughs> and so we, uh, the cop jumps out of the car. Well, yeah. He's already out at this point, and he's uh, smell takes the pipe and he yeah. smells it. Yeah, that he was yeah unusually cool with it after right? that. Like, smells oh, it, it. Talks to us a little bit. Where are you guys going? We're oh, we're working at Yak Yaks. He's a fan of comedy, turns out. Yeah, thank God. Right? And he's like, "Oh, I like comedy. Yeah, you guys do good work." And uh, and <laughs> he was unusually complimentary. And, and then he was really nice. But I think Andre must may have helped a little bit. The, I'm the think, that- my thing was like he does not want to drag this fucking guy downtown. That <laughs> cart is so heavy; it barely comes apart. There's already the van is packed. There's no <laughs> way. Just let it slide, bro. And this whole time. Brian is completely silent. What, what, <laughs> uh, the cop leaves, uh, and Brian is white as a ghost, and he's like, he tells us at that point that he has yes. a qu- uh, half of a quarter, an eighth yeah. in his pocket, and he's going and a about... court date tomorrow. Court date tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. In the moment. Uh, well, no, not, not so much really. after the yeah, moment. After the, the moment, moment sucked. <laughs> the moment sucked, but as soon as they pulled away, yeah. we even kept smoking. Yeah, yeah, well, they practically invited us to. Right. Right. Just as long as we're not smoking crack, which is true, kids. Just stay off the crack. Uh, anyway, let's end there. I appreciate you <laughs> coming down and doing that. Check out yeah. uh, Brian on Twitter at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, hat, double T. Yeah, yeah. That second T is not silent. Hit it. Hat. Hat. And his biggest credit, I think, is that he was on the Julian Dion Comedy Hour showcase last week. Yes. Thank you. Actually, you Who were... Who was I showcasing for? I didn't even realize. It's You're always showcasing, okay? okay? Nice, all right. Don't you fucking forget it. Booked it. Um, yeah, you did book it. Actually, you were one of my favorites because you were there the first night we had Garage Baby on stage. Oh, yeah. And you get destroyed with it. It was so funny. With it it's something me. I always wanted because I wanted... Secretly, one of my dreams is to be like... If I had to choose between like being like a David Letterman or a Johnny Carson, like having your own show or just being straight stand up, like I think I would crap out and take the show. Yeah, yeah, because you actually, because um, the whole time you did this thing with like the hit me, uh, yeah. like every time a joke <laughs> bombed, a joke bombed. You're like you went up with you're like I just have a bunch of weak premises, so I need the band, so it just hit me. <laughs> How perfect is that? Though? Anyway, thanks again, brother, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, as soon as you hit stop, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and watch your head. Man. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. Well, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen, episode number five. Thank you so much for downloading. Please continue to subscribe on iTunes. And it's really important if you could do this for me to rate and share, comment on it. That boosts the ratings. Thanks to my producer, Adam Fox. 
brilliant Adam Fox, who will be my guest next week. Thanks to my sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. Thanks to Brian Hatt, my guest, and thanks to Jen Grant for bringing those pipes. And thanks again a million times to you. Check us out on Instagram at JD Comedy Hour, Twitter at JD Comedy Hour, Facebook.com. Like the Facebook page. Post up regular pictures of the live shows and all that good stuff. Speaking of which, also Facebook.com slash JD Comedy Hour.com. But speaking of the live shows, if you're in town, Toronto, come to say what next Wednesday, October 8th. It's my birthday show for the Julian Dion Comedy Hour live live show with Garage Baby, of course, and a great lineup featuring Ron Jossel and Christine Von Hagen, who was my roommate in New York, and she's back in, uh, she lives in Vegas now, and she's back in town, she's doing the birthday show, so come out for that, it'll be a good time. I think that's it, Mom, I love you, I'll see you this weekend, enjoy your weekend, you, you listening, enjoy this. Thanks again, and watch your head. It's just a waste of time. Wandering eyes and itchy feet. I'm just a fender of a shadow. Walking backwards down a street. The land is bitter, but the fallen is oh so sweet. It's just a waste of time. A beautiful waste of time. Slide on over. Yeah. You know it's fancy when they spell it out. Not right. Not just an R or an L. That's <laughs> the whole fucking word right there, man. You make sure you get your money's worth. Holy crap. Hi, hi, hi. Whoa, it's like you're inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> All right, you want to check your levels? Hello, hello, Bring checks. the mic right up to you. Get okay. comfortable in the chair and bring the it. mic. It, it, it adjusts in every possible way, so... Reminds me of my old desk lamp. I think I have the exact same one. Because <laughs> my parents tried to encourage me to read. That didn't work. <laughs>